Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Popcorn and Coffee and Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse, and with me here is uh, Jehazy. Jehazy. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> How's everyone doing today? You got to switch things up some, from time to time. Yeah, I agree. And so we just dropped an episode, the 15th. Yes. Our, our, sec, our part two, Spider-Man, came out. Um, and then on the 17th, uh, today, actually... Spider-Man Far From Home wide release happened. Yes. We went and seen it yesterday because what used to be a midnight showing is now like 5 o'clock in the afternoon showing. Yeah. They don't do midnights. Deal. They make more money. I'm sure they're fine with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, but go ahead. We were like one of the first million people to see the movie. Yes. Because we went out at 5.30, so. Yeah, we, we were. And I did see that in its Thursday box office, so essentially the day before release, box office was already at 50 million. Dang, that's crazy. So it's gonna, it's gonna be big. Yeah, I guess before we get into it, sure, we do need to say, spec- clarify S- there specific. will be spoilers in this episode. Yeah, I think we should try to just talk about the movie a little bit first, as spoiler free as we can. Yeah, and then we'll just get into it. So Sounds if good. you want just a quick review of what we think, yeah. whether you should watch it, whether you shouldn't, um, we'll tell you that. And then, yeah, we've been waiting to talk spoilers on this movie for a long time, so we're going to get into it. Yeah. Believe you us. Yes. That didn't work, but... <laughs> um, so there's no coffee talk today. Nope. We're just breaking down Spider-Man Far From Home. No way home. Spider-Man Home Alone. Spider-Man. It's No Way Home. No, I know. I was just trying to come oh, up with some other okay, ones. Right. I was trying to just fill, you know, a little fill. I got you, I got you, I got you. What were your initial thoughts? Let's go ahead and, and just jump into it. You're absolutely right, though. It's so hard to talk now. I, I know. Just from a movie standpoint. Okay, so let's talk first from this movie as a movie, visually, how did it look, and talk about the trilogy as a whole and where it stacks up to the other movies. Okay, visually, I think this is one of the best visually made Spider-Man films out of any of them, even compared to the other Tom Holland movies, um, Homecoming and Far From Home. I think a lot of the web work and stuff that they used in it was really cool. No, I would agree with you. I would 100% agree with you. For It just felt more grounded if that's if that's a, a word for a spider-man movie you know what i mean but the way he was web slinging to the way that the punches landed it felt very real and visceral whereas some of that can get lost in the sauce and and, and i get it especially with them being kind of super powered a, a number of the characters they can get hit really hard and thrown through buildings and it just be like oh they stand back up but you really felt every punch in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you really, really did. Yeah, and what was the other thing you asked? Uh, how does this trilogy stack, stack up to the other trilogy or the other two movies? Because a Spider-Man trilogy is what Sony especially has been trying to do mm-hmm. for nearly 20 years. And I would say... Honestly, unsuccessfully. Yeah. For as much as that other trilogy is decent. 
the Sam Raimi trilogy. Yeah. It completely becomes, at least in my opinion, overshadowed to the point of like non-existence yeah. in comparison to this trilogy. Yeah. And, and they were close. Sam Raimi was close with his, and it just, like you said, it missed with that third movie and just ruined it. It really did. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, for what it was, I love that first one with Andrew Garfield. It wasn't even close to becoming a great trilogy because they failed on the second film. Yeah. Uh, this was probably the first Spider-Man trilogy, though, where they've hit the beat on everyone, and it's been perfect. Yeah, and I don't think they're. I mean, it's hard not to say that they're they're. It's a perfect trilogy because. Even though I may not have liked, maybe Homecoming as much. It's not a bad movie, and the stuff with him and Michael Keaton is really great. Like, they're all good movies, mm-hmm. and all three of them build on each other so well that the other ones didn't. I don't even think Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy built on each other. They really felt like independent movies yeah with the same people yeah but i didn't feel an arc across the three movies whereas with this one you really do you really do mm-hmm. so now um well i almost i almost started wanted to talk about the end of the movie yeah uh mm-hmm. and as far as like other mcu trilogies that have come out like iron man cap uh if you want to count the avengers as a trilogy I really don't count them. I wouldn't say it's like, oh, this is the Avengers trilogy. I don't know. Uh, I would say that the Spider-Man trilogy is probably the best trilogy that MCU's put out. Better than Iron Man, better than Cap, definitely better than Thor. I think Cap's movies are really good, and there is a really good arc. I would say his arc and his movies are better than Spider-Man's arc, but the movies aren't as good. You know what I mean? Because... The first Avenger is a good movie. It's a decent movie, but it's not a in terms of like a rewatchability factor. It's not great, mm-hmm. and it's definitely more childish and not childish, but geared towards a younger audience. Winter Soldier stands out above the rest, yeah. And then Civil War, I wouldn't even necessarily consider a Captain America movie, even though it's Captain America Civil War. Yeah, that's an Avenger movie. And right. It's one of the better Avenger movies. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so, the thing. Is but Cap's Cap- arc is just insane. Yeah. It, it's really, really good, the, the the struggles that he has from start to finish. So is Iron Man's, though. But I guess that's over all the movies and not just the trilogy. Yeah. So it's by far the best trilogy. I would agree with you. This is the best MCU trilogy to date. It's It's interesting to see. So with Tony Stark, I think it was Iron Man 3 was after the Avengers. Yes you see his character dealing with the repercussions and everything of what he's gone through in the after New York and all that. Yeah. You kind of see that same thing here with in this film with Peter, you know, after Infinity War and Endgame, and then even after the last Spider-Man movie, you see his character dealing with, Dealing with the uh, fallout of yeah. all that he had to yeah. go through and stuff. And you see a lot of the, I think you see a, a lot of the same character beats and Stark and Parker. Uh, in no, this film. I, yeah, I don't disagree. And if anything, I would say for Iron Man, it's like Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, Avengers is almost Iron Man's trilogy in terms of a character arc. 
And then three, Iron Man 3 starts a new arc for him. But hands down, best trilogy in the MCU is the Spider-Man. They have nailed Spider-Man. And again, it's, it's Kevin Feige, it's Marvel. They know what they're doing. And then you add on top of that, you get Tom Holland in there who is portraying the most comic-accurate version of Spider-Man, which helps a lot. He's a very charismatic young actor, and he's great. Zendaya's incredible as that version of an MJ. Um, you know, not the typical Mary Jane, but mm-hmm. same character. That's what she was always meant to be. Yeah. Uh, you get Benedict Cumberbatch in this one, which is a lot of fun. It's a change of pace. And uh, his his interaction with uh, Tom Holland or with Peter Parker and stuff is is great because he loves him. Like you said, there's like a caringness there for him, but he's it's also annoyed weird. by him. Yeah, it's real because he doesn't like kids. He's still that kind of that he's Doctor Strange from the Doctor Strange movie that we've seen. So I just don't think he knows how to relate to people who aren't as smart as he is. Right. So it's just like, get away from me. I'd rather not be around you because yeah, you bother me. But, but he still cares for him. Like oh, he, he does. He understands he, he's a he kid. He cares about people now. Yeah. yeah. And that the motivations. The motivations for what he does in this movie, based off what I thought the trailers were, I was like, oh, it's kind of weak. But what his motivations in that film actually are, is actually really, really good. Mm-hmm. Really good. So we hit on the trilogy. We hit on uh, the cinematography, which is great. The costumes were phenomenal. The, the score. The look of the movie and the score were awesome. I think this is... And- we can get we'll talk about the score some more later because of some of the spoilers that will come out. Yeah. I think John Watts brings the perfect balance of comedy and action to these this trilogy that's and he's obviously really influenced by like John Hughes and mm-hmm. his that kind of breakfast club type of comedy for young adults because I see through lines in all of these movies with that and even in this one which was by far i think the most action heavy out of all of them mm-hmm. worked really really well like i what john watts is doing i think is incredible yeah costume designs really cool uh he gets to he wears a lot of the different suits and stuff the nanotech suits He's yeah got the one start a couple of stars some of them kind of confused me though like which ones? But just in like when he was wearing his iron spider suit as opposed to his regular suit. Yeah. They kind of interchanged them so much that I got confused by which suit he was wearing. Yeah. Didn't matter to me because it's fine. I'm cool with it. Right. You know, I'm in. But at the one point I thought he was wearing just his regular spider suit. And then No, it's getting into spoilers. I can't even yeah. say it. Yeah, okay. We can talk costume designs for some of the villains because they're in the trailers. Everybody yeah. knows they're in the movies. Yep. Uh, Green Goblin. What'd you think there? Perfect. Like Even the change. I love the change. I love the fact that he, uh, right off the bat, he breaks his mask. Yeah. And then he, like, he almost becomes... Uh, it, I, I think it's the Hobgoblin in the comics or oh. in the old cartoon series, like where he has like just the hood. Yeah, the purple just, hood. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just cool. I love that. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Which is one uh, thing that I think the Amazing Spider-Man kind of did when they introduced their their Harry. Yeah. It was more Hobgoblin-esque, yeah. but they also made him just this, this decrepit, nasty-looking yeah. thing. This was the... Again, it's Marvel saying, give it to me. Give, you're messing it up. Just give it to yeah. me. Let me do it. 
because they did it all so perfectly. Yeah. They didn't go over the top. They just kept it simple with what mm-hmm. they did with him. And it worked so well. He just put that hood up and it's just like, this is a new, this is a new goblin. You know, and it's William the goblin Def- we remember, but it's better. Yeah. And it's William Defoe's best performance as Goblin. I mean, he's only done it twice, but he like takes it up another notch from yes. Yes. 19 years ago playing it in the Sam Raimi trilogy. Far crazier. Yeah. And he was crazy in that other yeah. movie. But the blend of, because again, it, it, it really seemed like he he takes on kind of a split personality uh, further than even what he did in the last one. Because mm-hmm. in the, the original one, he was that way. Yeah. And whenever the mirror is talking to him, he de- the, the conflict there. And in yeah. this one, the, he's been the Green Goblin for a very long time. And I guess he wouldn't have been a Green Goblin for very long. No, because this it- takes place in the first movie yeah but anyways this version really intertwines them so much you're like i don't know who it is yeah you know sometimes you're like okay i know who it is and then other times like i don't know who it is and think and think about this from william defoe's perspective now so 19 years ago he got to play goblin and he gets to do it again in a whole new universe but he gets to then look back and see what he did wrong yeah and compare and just he can change everything to do better. Oh, yeah. Like, that's awesome. And every interview I listened to with him in it, he was like, I love this opportunity. Like, this is an incredible thing. And then the technology is there mm-hmm. for them to even be more free than they were in the last one. That was a big thing Alfred Molina said, which just that he was attached to a rig with arms in the last movie. And in this movie, he's like, no, I don't know. I had a couple tennis balls on me, and, like, that was it. Yeah. But he enjoyed that because... He was so much more free to act, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Which is really, really cool. And I didn't ever really look at it from that perspective because we grew up in an era where CGI was kind of normal. Yeah. So to me, it's almost seems like a hindrance. Mm-hmm. I can't visualize what I'm doing because all I'm looking at is a tennis ball. Right. You know what I mean? That's where my mind goes. Like, yeah. you think you would prefer actual arms that you can act with, but the limitations to those the cons to visually having something there doesn't outweigh the pros to being able to do it in a computer and right. go bigger with it. What do you think about from Melina? Perfect. He same. is he, he is Doctor Octopus, yes. and I, I like he's one of those he's one of those actors who is he is that role. He became that person, and I can't picture anyone else playing. Him. I know. It's I would like, love to see someone take on like uh, Olivia Octavius. Is that her name? Olivia? I think it is. Because she be- that's his daughter, I think, who also becomes the Dr. Octopus in one universe. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that. But, yeah, as far as, like, a man in the role, I don't want to see anybody else play Doc Ock or Green Goblin. Because they made those characters. Yeah. Do we get to see Jamie Foxx come back as Electro... Uh, so much better way better so much better and you could tell he was comfortable Mm -hmm. and relaxed it was actually a joy to watch and i can't help but think in my mind the whole time him thinking this is what i thought i was doing last time yeah Yeah. (laughs) again though these guys they got the same actors and they can go back part of its writing no doubt but they can also go back and look at maybe what people thought, how they acted, and they can adjust to that and make it better. Oh, yeah. 
And to have that opportunity is amazing. Well, I don't think Jamie Foxx ever in a million years thought that that other version of him was good. So for him, it was rewatching game footage and being yeah. like, I don't want to do any of this again. Yeah. At all. I do feel like uh, Thomas Hayden Church as Sandman, I don't think that character changed much. No, but for the plot of the movie, I don't think he needed to. No. You know, he, the way they left him at the end of Spider-Man 3, if Sam Raymond was ever going to bring him back into the universe, I feel like that's exactly how they would have brought him back into the universe. Mm -hmm. So John Watts, Kevin Feige, they picked up that character right where they left him off because you and I both agree after rewatching Spider-Man 3 that he was probably one of the best parts of that yeah. movie. His character arc in that movie worked and his it, it was a believable character and Thomas mm -hmm. Hayden Church was perfect for that role. So to just pick him up, pluck him out of that universe and put him in, and I, by universe I mean Sony to Marvel, yeah. like to put him in this universe and be like, keep doing what you're doing. We like it. We like it. And the worst Spider-Man movie ever made. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I see, it was kind of the same thing with Kurt Connors' uh, Lizard. Mm. I don't think he was bad in that Spider-Man movie. No. It, was a, it worked really well. He played a pretty minor role in this one yeah you know he was just a thug kind of character but it was nice that he could be like okay we like that element Let, let's bring that mm -hmm. over he was definitely in this film the least uh trying to convince peter i don't know i don't know if i want to get into that right now. i know it's so hard i'm trying to figure out that line <clears throat> uh postpone it because we're going to yeah, talk about yeah, all yeah, of them yeah, all again okay. so it's not a big deal i think we've kind of talked it to death though without spoiling things but I am interested to talk about it. So this is, I think, going to be a little bit shorter. you have anything else to say right now? No, I got nothing else. Um, yeah, just other than go uh, Apple Music, give us a review, or Apple Podcast, and give, leave us a review. Uh, and Yeah, go uh, find us over on, on Apple Podcast, us. on Google Podcasts, on Overcast, on Spotify, anywhere you can find a, a podcast, you can listen to us. And uh, go hit, up, hit us up on Instagram. Tell me, tell us, what your favorite Spider-Man movie is. Yeah. Because we want to know. We do. We really do want to know. So we can send clap hand emojis back. Prayer hands. Clap hands. Pretty sure it's a high five. I think it's a high five. A high five. Thumbs up. Sure. I just always, thumbs up means conversation's over. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> and out. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else to say. Yeah, no. We could do this all day. Yeah. All right, that's all I got for you guys. <laughs> Thanks. Bye.